0: But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today I have on a really special guest by the name of Aaron McCormick. I really wanted to have Erin on this fall, knowing that many of you would feel restricted, conflicted, maybe upside down and inside out with what 2020 is and has become. I actually uh, just wrapped up a delicious yoga class, and my instructor was talking about how she went and got a cup of coffee, and there's now a change shortage. And we both kind of giggled and said, of course, it's 2020. <laughs> I think for many, this year will probably go down in history as hog 2020. Remember that shit show? <laughs> so that is why I wanted to have Aaron on now. He's this incredible uh, person, but... More importantly, I think his story is going to inspire and motivate you. He has written this incredible book called Unbounded Journey to Your Within. What's powerful about Aaron's story is he didn't give his power away to circumstance, which is exactly what many people are doing right now because of what's going on in 2020, right? People are getting pissed off, they're getting angry, they're getting frustrated, they're acting out. I just saw the other day, I don't watch the news, but I got a push notification that there was a shooting up in Rochester during a party. So I saw that push notification, I was like, yep, the Mars in retrograde right there. (laughs) You know, just people behaving badly because they're allowing their emotions to get the best of them. So if you're aware and have, you know, the ability to take a step back, you can breathe through it have cultivated chi and, you know, be able to take a bigger picture and say, okay, I see what's going on here. And this can be extremely hard if you feel like the cards are stacked against you. And I think a lot of you do feel that way because of what 2020 has been, right? Well, Aaron grew up extremely poor In an ecosystem, that pretty much predetermined his likelihood of not succeeding. But he took life by the horns and proved everyone wrong. I love this. He basically flipped the script and reversed it. To me, this is motivational and inspirational in a time when I think many of you need to pick yourself up and dust yourselves off because yes, the astrology this year is challenging. Yes, many of us are being stretched and challenged like we never knew was possible. But as written by Lao Tzu in the Tao, that does not mean you give your power away to circumstance. That does not mean that you give your power away outside of yourself. Instead, you take the adversity and turn it into a more positive, equivalent, which is exactly what Aaron did. So I think that this show today is going to hopefully inspire you, but more importantly, motivate you to really take the adversity that you're experiencing and turn it into something positive. You know, like the old adage, turning lemons into lemonade sort of thing, or maybe a really stiff drink, (laughs) right? So before we dive into today's show, I want to remind you that my online course, How to Remove Negative Energy from Your Home, is currently 50% off. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but it'll also be posted at the top of the website so you can find it easily. I'm going to have that up until the end of September. Also, today, Aaron really showcases strength of will, not letting external influences disrupt his outcome and really the results that he got in life. He really proved everyone wrong. The thing is, is that you have the power to do this. And this is why I'm so adamant about encouraging you to go within, you know, really cultivate your chi, get out in nature, do yoga, find your peace internally so that you can see it externally. But if you're struggling with this and you think, oh, sure, Amanda, you and Aaron can do it. I can't do this. The thing is, is you do. We all have this power. So if you think otherwise, you're wrong. Yes, I said it. You can challenge me on this. You are an incredibly powerful being and you have infinite depth because you're a spirit being, you know, you're just wearing this meat suit temporarily to learn and grow and go through all these horrible hardships, which they're really not that horrible because when you get to the other side, you're like, wow, I really learned a lot. That was awesome. But you know, you do feel stretched, you do feel challenged. But the thing is, is that you are a powerful being and you do, even though you've been conditioned otherwise, have the power to change it. And that's why Aaron's story is so awesome today. But if you're unsure of how to manifest the life of your dreams, if you're unsure of how to manifest better circumstances, be sure to check out my Moving Heart Method. I discussed this and uh, the power of it when I uh, was going through a dilemma about getting a root canal. I talked about it in podcast 138. You can find uh, this tool at gatesinteriordesign.com forward slash movingheartmethod. But this is a terrific tool to help you shift your stinking thinking and instead turn it into manifestation mojo. It's a great tool that you can experiment with one goal at a time and see the rock and power that you have because you are a manifestation machine. It doesn't matter what your outside circumstances are. It doesn't matter that there's a pandemic. It doesn't matter that shit's going wrong. You have the power to change your circumstances. But if you're getting caught up in the whirlwind of, I can't, oh my God, there's a pandemic and oh Jesus, it's not the way that it was and I wish we could go back to normal. You're not gonna get that. So you got to step outside of that tornado and get into something totally new. And that's what the moving heart method will help you do. It will help you micromanage and teach you really what your power is. The cool thing is is that Aaron was able to do this, you know, from his own inner being. I mean, he just rocks the shit out of this. He was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And he shares his story with you today. So today you're going to learn about his incredible story of growing up poor to becoming one of the top salesmen to a high paid coach. This journey is also going to show you how to unlock your inner power. Yes, you do have it. And identify unconscious bullshit that you're really carrying around that you may not even realize that you are, but it's what's holding you back. And you're going to learn how to decode this so that you can access your truest, most authentic self. And this is perfect perfect timing for this because that's what 2020 is all about it's asking us to strip away all the bullshit to get rid of all of the external masks and all the consumerism and all the external shit that we have really allowed to well we think identifies us and makes us who we are but it's not you take all of that away And it comes back to your core beliefs, your core values, and who you are most authentically. And today you're going to learn how to maximize that potential and become unbounded. You know what I'm going to say? Amen. Yeah. So are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Aaron. welcome to the show. Thank
1: you, Amanda. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you on. Um, I really enjoyed your book and I think that a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with this, especially with what's going on. But before we really dive into that, I want you to tell the audience about growing up on the south side of Chicago. What was that like for you?
1: Well, it was intermittent a little bit because when I was three or four years old, my parents divorced and my mom and my three other siblings and I moved to um, Houston, Texas and then to Phoenix, then back to Houston. Uh, so about a six year period from three or four until about 10, I was between Houston and Phoenix. And then from 10 on, I was in the, in the you know, south suburbs, which is also predominantly black, you know, pretty gang infested, um, but also had the other side of the tracks, so to speak. And the community that I lived in was in a city that was um, predominantly black, But the little subdivision I was in of about, you know, 70, 80 homes was at the time we moved in exclusively white, maybe a couple of Mexican families. And then after we moved in, a few other minority families moved in. But um, so, you know, I I went to a a high school that had um, a lot of gangs and violence and all the bad stuff you could think of, but it also had a very good curriculum uh, or very good curriculums. Of all types of subjects and um, a decent college rate, I guess for um, for you know both very academic uh, minorities and whites. Um, so I really got to see almost everything in a single high school. It was really kind of unique as I look back on it. Um, but I remember you know a lot of the typical city experiences that were, were very fun. You know, I remember the snow. I remember um, you know playing outside all day um it was just a it was a fairly happy childhood because again as a as a child and i'm sure we'll talk about this later uh we are kind of we're closer to our pure essence our purest essence and um things that to to an external person or to an outsider or an older person would seem quote unfortunate or challenging as i was you know being raised by a single mom we were on food stamps i had free lunch you know i was contributing and paying my way, so to speak, at 15, 16 years old, uh, you know, paying rent just to help defray costs. I mean, but none of those things felt um, terrible to me. Um, and in hindsight, a lot of it obviously is the perfection of my journey, building my character, and everything that we go through. I believe is effectively um, sort of our own perfection because it's their experiences that we're here to to expand from.
0: Yeah, and you know, I as I was reading your story, I. I read uh, Michelle Obama's story, uh, her book Becoming, um, at the end of last year. And a lot of the experiences that she was talking about, you know, growing up uh, in Chicago were, I saw a lot of what you were describing in what she was describing. And I thought what was really beautiful about both of the parallels was that um, you didn't see it as... A downside. You didn't see it as uh, quote unquote poverty. It was just, that's what everybody was doing. It was where everybody was at. And one of the questions that I, that kind of kept coming up that I was thinking about is, well, what is poverty to you? I mean, you know, somebody on the outside may be looking in at this going, wow, that must've been really hard. And that's, those are really impoverished times, but I didn't really get that sense as I was was really hearing your story. I felt like that's just how it was and um, it really shaped who you are today. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, most definitely. And to answer your question, what is poverty? That's a hugely loaded question. Financial poverty is something that can be mandated or can be defined. By some income clip, uh, there's a poverty level, all that sort of stuff. But considering money is a single sliver of the greater thing that we all are, which is energy. And I know your show talks about this a lot. Um, I can never define my childhood as impoverished or hugely lacking, uh, because again, it it forged a lot of forged all of all of our experiences forged us into whatever it is that we are for perceivably good or perceivably bad, although there's no such thing as as either. But, um, you know, so it, from a monetary perspective, sure, if you're, if you're um, under a certain income clip and you're using a lot of gov- government subsidies, that equates to poverty. But we also know of people that are incredibly affluent in terms of money, but are completely depleted emotionally. Uh, relationships, in terms of their relationships, the quality of those connections, the quality of their connection to themselves, and they're just completely unhappy. So the greater abundant measurement, I I was pretty solid. And even though there are others closely around me that were completely depleted on that front, and, and a lot of that comes down to their connection to their own inner truth, their source, the spark. We all have the same source, I believe, but our connection to our dispersed incarnated uh, physical version uh, you know or sh- should I say reality to that greater source is what sometimes is what is frayed and creates very various levels of the larger measure of abundance if that makes sense.
0: Yeah and I think that you 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 know you're a shiny example of taking that adversity and kind of putting it on its head and turning it into something quite positive and I wanted to share this with the audience. This is from your book on page 15. And I read this and this is one of those things, like when you're reading a book and it's profound, like I had to sit back in my chair and just, wow, you know, like I had to really take it in and, and read it again and reread it. And then I highlighted it and I underlined it because I loved it so much. And again, this is on page 15. It says, when we progressively move beyond being impaired or bound by the effects of lower vibrational emotions, like fear, guilt, shame, and begin to transmute or transform them into higher vibrational emotions like joy, love, appreciation, peace, and acceptance, it is as if we are restoring and rebuilding our authentic person and aura from the inside out. I mean, I just loved that so powerful. Now I'm curious, you know, as I read this and, and you're clearly, you know, you're an empath, you understand this now. I, I, you, it doesn't sound like you really understood it at 20, but you know, you come from a a challenging background, even though you didn't really feel like it was, you probably didn't recognize it as that, but you know, here you are in your early twenties, you're slinging pagers. Um, how (laughs) do you, uh, Rise above that, I mean this it, it was really a chance of fate that Dan came into your life, right? It gives you this incredible opportunity. so for somebody listening to this today who feels like the odds are stacked against them and you know they're really grabbing onto that victim mentality and, and hanging on to that narrative because you know, oh well, I can't do that because of how are I mean at such a young age, how are you able to you know, become this incredible salesperson despite this background and rise above all that and take this incredible opportunity and become successful?
1: Well, the, the shortest and simplest answer is following that internal thing, that energy, the voice, the, and we all have the exact same uh, voice inside of us. It's saying different things to us, but it's that illogical, not necessarily with words, but often, um, you know, action is required and either we're heeding it or we aren't, you know, so, you know, when you mentioned Dan, I was, I was probably uh, 18 or so when uh, maybe approaching 19 that, um, that I ended up going after this consultancy, this computer consulting company to try to get a job because you're right. I was sleeping prep pagers, which was a very good <laughs> job. I mean, I had a, I was, I was 18, just out of high school. I stepped away from or I resigned from a banking job in downtown Chicago, which I was working as a senior in high school in a co-op program. And I was one of the few offered a full-time job at a bank. And for black kids, Southside Chicago, white collar corporate America downtown, it's prestigious. The pay was decent, probably 25K or something like that. And uh, But it was pure cash management. So after you know, money gets deposited at ATMs, people are in a room somewhere balancing and making sure that what people said they deposited really got deposited. And that was really far from my, uh, my essence, if you will. I, I've always been a communicator, a very strong listener, very empathic. And just to be sitting there purely working with money or for that matter, purely creating computer programs, which I also uh, majored in the high school or anything that was non-interpersonal, I was aware this is not stepping toward what I ultimately am in terms of what animates me. So I, why I have that strong awareness, it seems like a pretty logical conclusion. So I don't think I'm very special there, but we do tend to follow ideals of money and market trends and patterns. And we're so focused on money that we completely ignore the things that are actually our truth that is long before there was a learned idea of money and if we if we were more attuned to that then we would naturally go into areas that a we enjoy a lot more and then b we're a lot more successful at and of course c we earn more money at the same time so um dan was um i don't want to spoil the book too much but it was it was um serendipitous because although i went after him because they were or the company rather not him personally because they were a client of mine and I knew that they were, you know, they sold complex technology and I have a complex analytical mind as well. That's a different topic, Amanda. I'm a bit, you know, esoterically attuned, if you will. That's spiritual, but not religious. Although I used to be very religious. I was raised extremely Christian. And I know the Bible by topic, literally like pick topics. I'll quote the scripture. I'll apply it. I'll talk Bible prophecy, all that stuff. Now I'm, spiritual and not so much aligned with a specific form of religion, uh, which um, ultimately uh, the spirituality and the connection to source is what serves us, not so much the form factor that we've learned in whatever region of the world that we're in. But so in the case of Dan, it was, um, you know, later on, I realized why he did something so untoward (laughs) or so completely outside of what one would logically expect him to do. And then there were two or three other people throughout my career that did the same things. And we would think that these people that we're so appreciative to, and that's a good thing, appreciation is great, but we tend to think that these other physical, external events define us, define an experience, define our journey. And that could be everything from our physical disablement if we have such, our race, our nationality, uh, sex, any of the above, as well as individual people, which so easily, um, it's easy for us to believe that we are bound by those or a cause and effect has stemmed from them. And what I realized, probably around 30, uh, the more I would tell my story when people ask about it, uh, I began to realize consciously the, you know, the patterns and the people, and how um, subconsciously I was manip- I was manipulating and drawing, if you will my experiences, <laughs> which includes the people that were of similar resonance, similar frequency, and if it weren't those individual people it would have been different people and so really that's that's kind of the gist of the book is it's a spiritual book without being overtly spiritual in terms of you know religion or spiritual routines and things like that because spirituality is energy. Um, and whether it's Christianity or, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Muslim, the four big religions of the world, they all have the same theme and talk about God being ubiquitous energy, us being one with that energetic source and that source being love, just pure love. Um, and so um, that's really what the book is about. It's, it's, it's about taking the physical things that we've gone through, have felt energetically, have experienced physically, integrating the two, the energy inside of us, overlaid against the experiences we have and extracting the lessons that keep trying to pound us on the head to teach them to us. And we, we are so in the, in the physical realm and the rules and the ideals that we've absorbed that we just, we're not ready to catch those lessons. And and, uh, the book is a way to intellectually with the mind connect uh, to spirit. If you're not naturally doing so by just following your, your, your own instinct.
0: Yeah. And I really loved, uh, you know, when you were talking about you and Dan going to a meeting, I don't think it was your first meeting, but talking about the homeless man on the side of the road. And it was kind of your first experience of, of learning about uh, vibrational resonance and, and how you, um, you know, and I understand that because I'm an empath myself. I have a really hard time when I go out into crowds and things that, you know, I can feel sometimes like a roller coaster, like I'm mad and then I'm happy and then I'm, you know, sad and <laughs> I'm just all over the place. And, um, you know, I, I think that, but it is one of the things that I think is lacking in our world because we are so conditioned, um, by the hard and fast rules that we've grown up with that we think that, you know, it's, it's one way and only one way, but I do love this. This was another quote that was from your book. Um, you say everything outside of your being are stimuli or clues prodding you to awaken to what has always been inside of you. So that's exactly what you were just talking about, this idea how it's there, but a lot of times we're so conditioned to look for the money that we tend to miss out on it. And I think that um, that topic is so imperative right now because of what we've been going through in 2020 and how people's little tiny comfort zones are getting so shaken up because of this you know, thing called a pandemic. And I'm curious, you know, you've got some really fantastic tips and tools in your book, not only about um, career, but even love and relationships. And, you know, what what is some advice that you could offer people that may be listening to the show today who are, you know, really allowing that adversity to affect them and and keep them from staying focused? I think that that's one of the greatest things from your book is, is it really teaches you how to stay focused. So what are some tools or tips that you could offer them to help them stay on track and not get so overwhelmed with it all?
1: Well, you alluded to how we, in quoting that part of the book, how we are thrown about, we're tossed about in our experiences and our emotions, looking for something that we've been taught to give us an experience or an outcome. um, And that's money. And that applies to other things like you just mentioned relationships. It applies to friendships and trying to, whether it be fit in or trying to be a hero, if you will, and, and constantly carrying a load that is detrimental to you, but we feel this guilt or we feel this compulsion and, and we are in a, you know, inadvertently thinking too much of ourselves, thinking that we've got all the answers, but if we were to detract or, or not, not detract, uh, retract, pull away from Separate from a non-productive relationship, something that doesn't bring you your higher to your higher vibes, if you are higher vibrational uh, emotions and feelings. If it takes you low and you won't exit because you feel that you are so required, that's inadvertent ego in the literal sense. I don't mean in the esoteric sense. We talk ego meaning the human mind. So ego, I use ego interchangeably to mean just the human ideals that we've learned nothing derogatory just being a human and all the things that we think one plus one equals two all the things that we've been taught on the physical realm but then from an egotistical perspective we're inadvertently even through so-called love and empathy thinking too much of ourselves by disservicing ourselves giving ourselves a horrible experience in a relationship in a love romantic relationship you name it even f- familial relationships that are terrible to us, and we know it, but we won't separate because guilt, compulsion, all these things that are actually measurably lower vibrational frequencies. What I mean by measure, I mean, if you hook us all up individually, if you hook us to an EKG of sorts, like a biofeedback machine, which is not an EKG, but I allude to that, where it's measuring Signals in the body sending a signal into the body and measuring the response. That's how you can determine just like x-rays, right? You see the shape of organs and things well When we see something or experience something that is those low vibe emotions guilt fear <coughs> Shame all those different things. The vibe is very low our actual measured vibrational frequency is low on the other hand things that make you feel joyful a picture of your dog you know a name of someone that you deeply love and care about Etc. your child, the vibe is higher. So when we are allowing ourselves to dwell on and to persist in the company of, whether it be what we read, what we watch, who we hang around, things that cause us to be in the vibe. It's about your own experience. These same subjects and people may put other people in a higher vibe state. That's alignment with them. Your goal is to be in alignment with yourself. Not overly, because once you do that, once you love yourself properly, you can then actually give love to others. But if you are beating yourself up or allowing yourself to be abused by yourself, then you are inadvertently offering fake love, um, not complete. I mean, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not even doing yourself any favors. So um, part of what that relationship section in the book talks about is what are the ways that you can detect And really, you know, just hone in on your truth in multiple topics and multiple aspects of relationships. How can you ascertain whether or not you are in conflict with yourself and therefore doing yourself a disservice and others a disservice so that you can bring yourself back into resonance and only you can measure your own resonance.
0: Yeah. And I think that you're, you're so right about, I, I call it the secret sauce. When we talk about, you know, you're talking about the interpersonal skills a, a minute ago. And um, I think that emotional intelligence and this idea of, um, and it's another thing that we've been conditioned to do to, you know, especially for women, we've really been shamed for being quote unquote too emotional. But I think that um, showing empathy and, um, allowing ourselves the permission to have joy and to seek joy and to raise our vibration, um, to be more joyous. Um, I think a lot of people have felt, uh, shame and guilt and I can't possibly feel good and, you know, whatever the X, Y, Z is. So, you know, since you've been on this journey and, and you've really allowed these tools to, to work really well for you and to, to put you in a, um, High vibe space, what are some things that you like to do to you know you mentioned um, singing or dancing or you know but what are some things that you like to do that help you get into that high vibe space
1: a good question I, i'm uh, I'm not so deliberate about it i'll say that I could probably do better there in terms of like, <laughs> myself I'm going to set aside this meditation time or i'm going to go and but maybe it doesn't
0: have to be maybe it doesn't have to be a physical thing you know it's, it's it you're probably so automatic in it at this point that you're literally choosing choices every day that keep you in that state and you're not even realizing that you're doing it like it, if it comes from the heart and it doesn't feel good you just don't do it
1: right and that's exactly what i mentioned earlier where uh the purpose of books of this type a book that's not a pure entertainment book, but is a self-expansion discovery book, is to give you mental information that will allow you to uh, to connect where you otherwise were not naturally. It, it there at least for this book specifically, it's I really chafe at uh, no you know like mantras and other people's instruction uh, of of what you have to do and and so on because I, I really do believe and I've, I've learned through my own personal journey and synthesizing a, a bunch of other people's journeys that have gone through similar, come to similar realizations. We have what we need. We know what we need to know. I don't mean that technically. There are technical things that we need to learn in this physical plane. If you want to be a doctor or to work on a car or to, uh, pick a topic but when it comes to becoming congruent inside we just we are our own compass Um, and and the harder we've made it for ourselves is also part of our plan it's kind of like you go to the gym you put more weight on the bar because you want your muscle to be bigger you want the experience to to yield a certain result people go to horror movies I don't particularly but you know or they go to the I, I do get on rides at Six Flags and I want to be scared and it's like you go on to the top you're like oh why did I do this right so there are things that we do for our own expansion and we have to understand how are we wired because this is a you know you, we've all heard the analogy the game of life in many ways I believe it is a game but not necessarily a game it is an experience it, it is it, it is a journey as the book uh, aptly calls it. Um, and the puzzle is to understand the physical you, how the physical you, which means how you think, how you've been conditioned to think by yourself, by your genes, by your surroundings, all that stuff, because you chose that con- those conditions that would shape you physically. And the challenge is, how do you get back to the real truth, the universal truth? And that is the energy thing that we all are. Before we start thinking anything consciously, we're just energy. That heart, once we're conceived, when, that, when everything starts growing and splitting and atoms and heart, you see flickering and beating pure energy, physically and spiritually. And so now the question is, all right, so am I in this physical form? Am I naturally mind-driven or extrinsically driven because the mind is all external. Yeah, it's in your brain, but it's, the mind is shaped by things that enter it, experiences, cause, effect, things taught, things learned. So that's the mind, whereas the, the energy or the spark, the spiritual side was already there. It predates you. That's why if you start to converge things like your horoscope or numerology or even the meaning of your name, you'll see all this synergy and you got to wonder, well, were my, were my parents gods? I mean, are they psychics? How do they know that <laughs> they conceived me in this month to know that I'd be born in that month and that month will correspond to this puzzle, which means these personality traits and then the specificity of my date and time and hour and location. Now you get into detailed stuff like numerology and you go, Whoa, that's even more specific. Or you, and you can just, there's all these um, physical, uh, exercises, of which astrology and all those things are, I call them physical because they're stimulus to the mind, because they, they, you take in this information, you go, how is that possible? Of course, it's, it's stars, it's related to planets, it's related to bigger truths that are far beyond a human baby or, or a human adult, but they, they help corroborate uh, in logic, because those are the two things we battle. We're trying to balance logic, the two biggest organs, two most important organs of the body, the mind and the heart. So now once you realize I am naturally in this physical state, more mind driven versus heart driven or vice versa. Well, how do you determine that? Well, you can look back on your life and and the book will help expose it too. And it'll be clear to you that you, you naturally tend to follow the mind. And that's, that's the vast majority of all humans. That's part of the reason that we even take this journey on to experience a, pre- a perceived separation from the heart, which is spirit, which is source, all those things. If you didn't have that separation, why even become a human? So we all are naturally in the mind and then the journey is to connect to the heart and then to integrate the two and have, and have a human experience that is still physical, Still has measures of polarity, some things you can't escape you can't escape hot and cold you can't escape certain experiences that are uh, duality, if you will, but the force that animates you becomes gradually more integrated and and uh, just as you talked about even just frequency based and it stays it tends to want to stay in the higher frequencies, and it will separate from almost anything that does the opposite which is dragging it into lower frequencies
0: yeah i think what is what i really loved is that it the book in a lot of ways can ultimately act as a north star for people because what i hear a lot from the show a lot of emails that i get i have a lot of guests that come on the show that you know provide guidance for people on how to get clear on you know how to attract or manifest what they want or how to get the the dream life that they've always wanted but a lot of the emails that i get is people don't know they do not know what they truly desire and they do not know what they truly want because and i this is um you know my opinion but i think it's because they're they're not focusing i think that they're distracted um, by all the things that are going on in their life, in addition to all the conditioning of what they've been told they should be doing. So, I think well, just, we Let me just
1: add something to that, because uh, I don't want you, I don't want to forget this. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I also don't want to forget, because you made a, a strong point there. When you, when you say not focusing, I would just add to that, or maybe tweak it a little to say, they're actually running. And it's kind of the same thing because when you run, you can't focus, there's no way you're running <laughs> and you're super focused on an image. The image is bouncing all over the place or so your mind. So very, you can focus on the act of running. Yes, but you get the point. We're running, we're running from the heart side. So on, in just about every topic, we, t- we are detoured from what we actually really feel like even all the race division going on right now, even as us, physically us, as in minorities, black folks, even as we sit there aware of injustice that has physically happened throughout the years and and dating way back to when the real bad stuff happened. And a lot of that, some of the, you know, the repercussions are still with us, obviously. But even as we um, are seeking some retribution or seeking, To be seen and respected, there's a strong feeling inside that feels zero measure of of inferiority. But yet, many are pushing to be kind of pitied, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's like, I had an experience, I'm not saying that's not a wide statement for everyone, but it's like, we're, we know that we are no human is any different. No physical human is any less than any other human. And those that were perpetuating slavery knew that to be true. They were running for themselves. They were fighting. They were stuck in a very uh, human illusion of their own fear. Their fear of what is different, looks different. Their fear of, or there does mean almost all versions of hate, iterations of hate, stem from a fear, a fear of something different. And the opposite is love. So love is the opposite of fear, which is also the opposite of hate. So what's ironic is as people run around, like what happened to us a few weeks ago, where a mom told my wife at a park with our four year old son, my wife is white, she's Brazilian, but her race is white. you know, she actually we're all mixed up. You know, we did our ancestry. We're all over, we're all over the place. But anyway, <laughs> seriously, this this mom tells my wife that she told her son. That he needs to be nice to my son because he's black. <laughs> huh. And what's interesting is that this woman obviously meant well, she's trying to teach her son to care of others, to have empathy and to be socially responsible, all these great traits she's trying to engender in him. And she has no clue that she's actually doing a a disservice and hurting him and hurting our son or any other person that she treats a certain way because of some appearance. When we all know deep down, we all know no one is better than us. Even when you were getting bad grades and somebody was getting good grades, even when somebody is richer, whatever the case is, there's a part of you, there's this Thing inside of you that knows nothing is just better than me and we also deeply know no one is just inferior that's the real truth that's the spiritual energetic universal truth but then we have these ideals that have told us and in this case this woman that has guilted her into believing that she feels differently and so and and maybe all this time she didn't realize she was racist is what she tells herself and i'm sitting there going why is she doing that to herself? Why is she letting this external stuff change? And she says she was raised in a diverse area. She never has ever thought less of anybody. And we've already, they were already acquainted. We've seen her a few times at the park. Her energy is what it is. There's not a racist bone in her body. And yet here she is out of compulsion, teaching her son to be a certain way because of that. And here's how she damages her own boy. The boy is then taught be nicer to him, because he's black, and why do I have to do that? Because it's harder for him. People are sometimes mean to him, but not to me. So therefore, I've just created separation. You have it harder. You have it jacked up than me, and that, to my four, five-year-old, ten-year-old mind, I must be better in some way. I don't have those problems. So inadvertently you've created the very thing. This boy now assumes every other black kid, every other black person, I gotta be nice to because they've got it hard. So now as they grow up, they may be loving and empathetic, but they're still, they're racist actually. Because they assume I've got it better than you. You've got it hard. You can't do for yourself in a certain way. So I have to put on the extra sauce just for you. And none of us deep down, Women don't want to be hired because they're a woman. They don't want to a job for that. Nobody wants to be placated to. That's the real truth inside of us. So it's like we're all singing from two different sheets. We're all trying to say it's all love, it's all equal. And yet, even as we try to eradicate this division, we're actually bolstering it. And it's just an interesting thing to watch play out. So to my point about people running, we know the truth. So now you just embody it. So so now you just stop running from it and you live it. You don't have to outwardly fake and do things that are in conflict, just be it. So in the case of, you know, somebody, uh, you know, that woman, if you know that you have never thought that you were superior of a human to another race, then that would just come through in your energy. You, You would teach your son the value of every human being, the value of all nature, right? And he would just exude that and he wouldn't be doing it because of a physical narrative he was taught those are the examples of how we we allow the external experiences to inaccurately mold us into behaviors and and then experiences that progressively are just misaligned
0: yeah and i um i think that that's a valid point because i think what your book does. And I should mention, I haven't mentioned this. Sorry, guys. Uh, the book is called Unbounded Journey to Your Within. Um, before we sign off, Aaron, what inspired you to write this book? I think that it's an incredible North Star for anyone who's looking to find focus, to understand... Um, how to find intrinsically what their purpose is and, and really find the desire that they truly want and where do they want to go in life. But what inspired you to write this book? What is your hope that people will take away from it?
1: Well, what inspired me is seeing and experiencing so many people suffering at their own hand and don't realize their own power to eradicate the challenges, to manifest, so to speak. I know we overuse that word around you know, society at large, but to have conscious experiences that they prefer, they are actually running from them. We are our own cause and effect. And so what was happening, Amanda, was like you know random events where people would bring questions and they would ask me about, some challenge, you know, relationship, career, just random stuff. And I, I, you know, there are no gurus. There are people trying to help you. Hopefully uh, people want to help you become your own guru because that's really what we all are and should be. But like I, I had never answered these questions with my opinion because I knew that this person is the CEO, so to speak, of their own world. They're the cause, the effect. They, you know, and the only measurement is their own fulfillment. So it completely doesn't matter what I think they should do, because they're going to be happy or unhappy with whatever their truth is, you know, if, if they're in line with it. So I'd ask these profound questions, and they would have their own epiphanies. And This would happen over and over and over again. And, and they would think that, <laughs> that it's something new, when in reality, it, it, it was, they were running from it. The answer was always right there with them. It would happen over and over again, and so, I, and of course, I'm an empath, right? So I'm like, I, I hate bullies. I don't hate the person because everybody's got a story. There's a reason why they're a bully. So I don't hate bullies. I hate the result of what bullying does, and, and you know, I and I and, I, and I, I hate suffering like that, right? So I decided why not mechanize this, if you will? Why not try to share some of these ways of connecting with yourself so that you don't need to sit across from me. Or, or, or somebody else that a psychologist or somebody uh, a spirit leader or whatever to to um, to connect with your own self, just you know develop a way of staying connected and staying real with it so that was the, that was the basis of the book I just want to pay it for and I do believe that to the extent that we really make these connections and understand our power for everything that we experience, and therefore the perfection of our journey, so to speak, you know, perfection, including the bad stuff, because again, muscles get torn when you lift weights, diamonds under pressure. I mean, this, this is not a new idea that we're forged. So once you are really aware of the perfection of your journey, even in the physical, the physical attributes, everything, then you love yourself more. And without that fear, or concerned of who's gonna do you wrong because you realize whatever happens to me serves me. So now you're less fearful, so you don't have that extra hot, that heavy vibe on you weighing you down. You are more likely to be ascending into the other emotions of appreciation, good and bad circumstances, appreciation's high, joy is high, so you, you're ascending. So the the way that mankind ascends is through their own within, individually and then therefore collectively because because the, we then will look at each other through different lenses not as oh you're different i'm therefore intimidated or scared or you're better looking than me oh you got a six-pack because by the way i got two kids and one on the way i don't have a six-pack right now (laughs) so so I'm i'm not i'm not looking like oh i'm threatened by that or how women they beat themselves up over not having the perfect body i mean we all got all these things and all that tends to crumble when you really connect and understand the perfection of who and everything you are in this particular human journey uh and that 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 proves the planet, actually.
0: Well, I just want to end on, on page 169. You say, be careful of saying I will be enough when. I will be accomplished after. I will be happy and fulfilled when this or that happens. We must find reasons to genuinely appreciate where we currently are while aspiring to grow and expand. So I think that again, this book is called Unbounded: Journey to Your Within by Aaron McCormick. If they are interested in learning more about you, Aaron, or would like to purchase the book, where do they go? How do they find you?
1: Book all of the typical retail suspects. You can find it at BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Target.com, um, also Amazon, of course. And if you go to my website, Unbounded Book, or the Aaron McCormick com, You will see a link and it'll take you to, I think Amazon is what it links to, but you can buy it at any retailer you'd like.
0: Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and talking about this incredible book.
1: I appreciate you having me. It was a lot
0: of fun. When we progressively move beyond being impaired or bound by the effects of lower vibrational emotions, like fear, guilt, shame, And begin to transmute or transform them into higher vibrational emotions like joy love appreciation and peace it is as if we are restoring and rebuilding our authentic person and aura from the inside out aaron mccormick from unbounded this is exactly why you need to cultivate your chi If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about above and below the cross emotions. And that is why you need to cultivate your chi to rise above to the higher vibrational emotions. Because you want to be able to access joy, love, appreciation, peace, acceptance, and all the goods in life. I encourage each and every one of you to pick up a copy of this book. It's amazing and incredibly encouraging. He focuses on, you know, the key things that most of us are after, which is love and relationships, money and work. And a lot of you are probably experiencing a lot of changes in those areas of your life right now, because there's a lot of things shifting, changing, moving, uh, and ultimately it's it's a good thing. It could seem uh, <laughs> a little chaotic. If you're going through it, but it's all good. Especially if you have an attitude of gratitude as you're going through it. And tap into those higher vibrational emotions. Don't forget the moving heart method can be found at gatesinteriordesign.com forward slash moving heart method. If you think that it's impossible to manifest the things that you've always wanted. Or if you're not sure how to tap in and tune in to these type of higher ideals. a terrific tool to get you started also don't forget my how to remove negative energy from your home is 50 percent off until the end of september all right everyone thank you so much for listening today my name is amanda gates you've been listening to home energy design with aaron mccormick today i hope that you've enjoyed the show if you do please go over to itunes and leave us a review subscribe helps get our numbers up which we love and we also love to hear from you all right everyone Trust the vibe, because the energy never lies.